And we'll, we'll just get him out of the way at the jump. So you mentioned it. He, he talks about, you know, my goal is for week one, which is nobody in this, involved in the situation think that's actually a possibility. My question is more around, do you think Kyler even plays at all this year? Because if it's week six, week seven, by the time he is cleared and this Cardinal team is one in five or even oh and six reaching that point, yeah. they are they even sold on this guy with a new regime? I'm not too sure on it. It's a weird situation, man, because like say he does come back week eight, week nine. What is the Cardinals looking at right now as a record? Are they in contention for playoffs? Absolutely not. I mean, I don't see the point to put him back out there because if they put him back out there, then there's no future plans for him. There's basically saying, hey, go out there and, you know, do whatever you want to do and play out your contract. But if you're looking at Kyler as your franchise quarterback and you're not trying to trade him and you're looking at him to be the guy for the X amount of years, you're not going to put him out there and risk him like that. Like this coaching staff is very experienced and I really feel as though you have guys coming from Philadelphia. They're coming off of that Super Bowl high that they're chasing. And I feel as though they're hungry as well going to their new destination. So making the right decision to have Kyler sit out this entire season would be indication like yeah we're going all for all for it all next season because if they put him back out there they're tanking for caleb that's just that's what i'm thinking okay so you so you got an opposite take on that than i do i actually look at it as if they keep collar on the bench they're trying to trade him so they can go get caleb not yeah. the opposite way around so, so walk me through that why is it with kyler murray with him playing you think they're actually going to go for caleb Look, the, the, the atmosphere is already toxic. You you see D-Hop leave. That's already indication, you know, he's kind of through with the situation. And we're seeing Kyler in live action, just like how you and me and everybody else in the world. Like, he's an issue. He's a kind of a hothead. He's kind of problematic. And I don't think teams want to deal with that when you're in a startup, when it's your first coaching gig and you want to make a great impression on the owners. Like, I don't want a quarterback that's going to give me backlip. And, you know, it goes beyond passion. And I, I don't want to throw that diva tag on him because I only think that works for wide receivers. But I really feel as though it's kind of like, hey, whatever, you know, whatever happens, play out your contract and call it a day and we'll draft for the future just so you can feel that pressure. Yeah, and right now, unless you're in super flex or best ball leagues, Kyler Murray isn't even, should not be on your radar. Uh, we'll, we'll do this real quick. Uh, Clayton Toon or Colt McCoy, who do you think starts week one? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say Colt McCoy. I, 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 I really feel as though Colt McCoy is the safer you know, bet this, you know, going into the season with, I, I think he's the veteran. He, he, he knows football. That's the good thing, you know, and he could probably adapt the systems a little bit faster than a rookie. So I, I will put my money on Colt McCoy. I would too. I think the only uh, real issue with the people are concerned about is that he was dealing with an elbow injury, but he did take part in OTAs. They're saying yeah. he's going to probably clear for the beginning of training camp. We're not really too worried about his health there. And, and Clayton soon is a project at best, a backup at best. I think the reason why he even gets drafted in the fifth round, not the seventh round, is because everyone's now looking for the, you know, the new Brock Purdy. We're just <laughs> going to talk about in, in just a second. It just, oh, it's just, let's talk about that. Let's talk about San Francisco. Let's move, let's move on to that situation. Cause as a fan, I want to, I want to shoot myself in the head. I, I really do. I, I don't like my quarterback situation, no matter who it is, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, Purdy did great. Wonderful. Great story. Uh, but there's limitations to his game, without a doubt. Yeah. However, when I do look at the 49ers quarterback situation, it's not a fantasy question so much to me. Well, at least not as far as would I rather have Purdy if he starts, would I have Trey Lance if he starts? No, it's yeah. more of a question of 
Do you want another option at quarterback for your fantasy football team? Or do you want the guys that you're spending the draft capital on, like Crashing McCaffrey as the RB1 overall, Debo Samuel as the wide receiver 16, Brian Ayuk as the wide receiver 31, George Kittle as the tight end five? Do you want them to meet their expectations with what you're drafting them with? And I think if the answer to that is yes, to me, it's Brock Purdy. And if you're asked sitting there and sitting yourself thinking, well, why can't it just be both in, in an effort for Trey Lance to be the guy? We've seen enough already. And yeah. if you want to give me the whole, it's a small sample and all this garbage that he's been put in this bad situation, yada, yada, yada. All I have to do is show you the first snap Brock Purdy took compared to the entire game of first start for Trey Lance when he's fully healthy against the Arizona Cardinals. And you tell me who runs this offense better, more efficiently. It's not a question in my eyes. So Laquan, I ask you, which one would you rather see? Ah, man, you got to throw Brock out there because like you were saying with the ADPs, I think the ADPs are reflecting to basically sit with if Brock is the starter. Now we get whispers, questions, because Sam Darnold's there too, man. So it gets a little nasty, you know, once we get into training camp at the end of this month. If these reports are indicating, you know, we got Sam Darnold there or Trey Lance is lining up and Brock Purdy is not being the guy anymore. It's like, well, we need to change these ADPs. Then like these need to change because everybody needs to drop at least a couple, couple rounds if you get give me a Trey Lance out there week one because one, there's no chemistry built. We don't know if he can stay healthy you're you're just gambling too much with Trey Lance right now and I think the safer bet here is Brock Birdie out there week one yeah and I just want to point this out just just to harbor on that point just a little bit more Trey Lance 54% completion Brock Purdy 67% this offense is built around making accurate passes over the middle of the field that's what Purdy does Lance does not the other layer part of this you mentioned Sam Darnold so let's say Purdy is not clear to play week one yeah is it going to be Sam Darnold or Trey Lance, you think? Man, it, it's it's really between Lance and Darnold where the training camp reports will matter. Um, I would rather see Sam Darnold out there just with the veteran approach, how I'm going with some of these quarterbacks, you know, week one. Um, I think guys, uh, I think they, they, they respond better to the veteran going to week one. They feel safe. Trey Lance, we could still label him as a rookie, really, because what has he done? He hasn't been on the field there. So he's still wet behind the ears. So, as a guy, probably in the locker room, I would say Sam Darnold if it's not Purdy. And as a team who has Super Bowl aspirations, too. And yeah. again, I go back to this. As bad as Sam Darnold is, and he is. Let's just not get this twisted at all. <laughs> he probably still fits the mold of a Brock Purdy of the way Shanahan wants to run yeah. this offense better than Trey Lance does. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm with you with that. I, I feel as though, you, he, you, look, the first four weeks, he could win you three games, maybe. You know what I mean? And it's like, I would take that over Trey Lance, who could possibly go one in three the first month. So it's yeah. like, I don't want to set the tone for my team with that. I agree. So I'm glad we're on the same page there because I usually have a little bit more of a debate. I like it. I like it. I like Luke <laughs> I, mean, I knew it was a good pick when I asked you to come on this show. Lizard Well, Seattle and Geno Smith. Ooh. And I guess the big question here is, is what he did in 2022, is that what Geno Smith is now? Or is he going to come back to what he had been his entire career? Was it just a one-year wonder? Listen, uh, Geno Smith is for real. I think this was always in Geno. He just needed the right coach. And I was fighting for, as a Rams fan, was fighting for Pete Carroll to get coach of the year, man. Because this just shows how good of a coach he is to get, get a guy that's coming in with kind of like low spirits. And you hear the reports of Drew Locke beating Geno out of camp. And I'm like, wow. 
Gino is really bad. But here we are. We see Gino leading the league in completion percentage and passer rating and doing all these stats week to week. And it's like, wow, Gino always had this in him. He's motivated and he has a coach that knows how to utilize him and not put him in uncomfortable positions. Because I feel like there's a lot of times you see Gino go out there and with the Jets and his short time with the Giants. And it's like, he's not comfortable. Like he's not confident in any throw he's making so when he stepped in for a little bit for russell that one year it was like oh okay there we go we got geno smith on the board so it, it it's it's for real man and i i think for fantasy you draft him as a guy that's for real he he's he's a good value right now if you want to wait on quarterback and stack up at other positions i put him with the Jared golfs the kirk cousins and there's guys like you know daniel jones that's going around there as well but they has the the rushing upside but gino he's going to be a game manager for you for fantasy like you can easily get 18 to 20 fantasy points per game with him and you're getting what two touchdowns and you it's just a lot of going on with that offense right now which i'm sure we're going to get into yeah, I mean, everything you said is fair. And just to add to that point, he, he does have a lot of weapons, and th- that's all yeah. that's all true. The where I struggle is well, two things. One, we saw him come back down to earth a little bit in the second half of this season. Weeks 14 through 18 came back down to QB 13, found himself outside the top 12. But the other part is this: I have seen career journeyman quarterback time and time again have these little outbursts and sometimes it lasts an entire year and eventually they come screaming back down to what they were before brock osweiler (laughs) brock osweiler ryan fitzpatrick case keenum the the, the list kind of goes on and on a little bit and that's where i have hesitancy especially when talking about geno smith going where he is now the good news is you're drafting him outside the top 12 so there's not a ton of risk when mm-hmm. it comes to fantasy prowess. And I do think the answer personally is somewhere in between. I don't think he is the guy that we saw last year, a 30 touchdown performer, but is he what we saw the most of his career with this team? I think he's not, I think he's a 25 touchdown type of quarterback and that will be good enough to get everybody else involved. But from a fantasy yeah. standpoint, it's just a limited ceiling. Will he have some waiver wire streaming value at some point? I do think he will have that's your point. He is a guy in the right matchup, should be able to get you 18 to 20 points and be able to hold yeah. down the fort. Hell yeah. All right. So we both agree with that there. So the last quarterback is your quarterback. It's your man, Matthew Stafford, who uh he's not he's people aren't really high on Matthew Stafford right now. And I can understand why, but when I look at Stafford, I see a potential golden ticket for those wanting to stream at the starting quarterback position. The last time I checked, his head coach is still Sean McVay, which is still a pretty good offensive mastermind. Yeah. And yes, there's not a ton of weapons, but as long as you have Cooper Cup, eh, you can kind of move in the right direction. One weapon that's the only need to be utilized. <laughs> <laughs> his ADP right now is QB 21. I only have him at 19, so I'm not too much higher, but my eye is on him. Remember, this guy was quarterback five in 2021. Now, this is not the same team, but are people sleeping too hard on Matthew Stafford? No, I, I, as a fan, understand the worry, and it's definitely a gamble. I mean, you you look at Stafford last season, those first eight games, that was the most he's been sacked his entire career. So the O-line just completely fell apart. I mean, 14 different offensive linemen, that's nasty work, man. Like, your quarterback is getting beat up. Like, I don't know if you're watching the Netflix series, uh, quarterbacks, but Kirk Cousins out there getting beat up bad, and, like, you're just – feeling bad for the guy and like you're looking at Stafford's injuries is like how can this guy go out there and even try to play 
try to play football with the elbow, the neck sprain, and ribs. Like he had a whole bunch of injuries where it's like, I don't understand how this guy's getting up to even perform the way he's performing now, bad or good. So I think I understand the worry there for everybody. Me personally, I'm not drafting him unless he really, really falls late to me. And I hate to say that because like I'm all in on Cooper Cup. I'm all in on Cam Akers this year and stuff like that. But it's like Stafford as the quarterback, I don't know if he's going to last the entire season if this O-line falls apart again. No, I totally agree. Again, you're probably not drafting him, but is he on my waiver wire radar? The answer to that Watch. is yes. I would not be surprised if he could pop. Yeah, definitely. There's probably going to be matchups, you know, where he's going to light it up. Like, don't get me wrong. The first three weeks, he might be lighting it up. He might be QB four or QB three, like a top five quarterback. But once the injuries start piling up again, because we saw him come out firing, Cooper Cup was still wide receiver one. He still was God. And like I said, it's just like Stafford was still in between outside the top 12, top 15, where he was sitting there week to week, where it's like, uh, it's happening. He's he's getting more injured. So it's just like, I don't know. And Stenson Bennett, I'm glad he's there. I'm glad he, he's he's a bulldog. And, you know, McVay's liking what he's seeing. He's seeing that he has the football IQ. So he's sitting in the wind. I'm telling you, put him on your watch list, because if Stafford goes down again, he's getting plugged right in. Talk about another guy who deserves or who needs to send a gift basket to Brock Purdy. Because that's, again, another player I think only had drafted as high as he did because <laughs> of that. Wait, wait, wait. You're somewhat accurate and efficient. Uh, we're just going to uh, put you in, even though you have limited arm strength. <laughs> on a miracle. <laughs> Let's go. Everywhere. 